1: hello and welcome to episode 33 of the mls fantasy insider podcast our review of round 32 and preview of round 33. this episode is brought to you by Gooner health insurance now with offices opening in atlanta oh, oh wait no um actually brought to you by mlsfantasyboss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy mls I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mike Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: Doing well. Doing well. well.
1: Yes, uh, for those of you who keep track, this is a a little bit later than usual recording. We did not record last night on Monday due to the uh, Seattle-Houston game that was being played there. I had a a big, big uh, fuss through the fantasy community this week with Lodi Watch going on uh which which ended up paying off for some people i can only imagine we'll get to that in a second but uh we also didn't record because mike was watching some sort of football game how'd that go mike
0: drew yeah i got to um see drew breeze break the record for all-time passing yards in person was uh pretty awesome to to see that live was pretty much a storybook way to break the record
1: Uh, and Blaine, you're back and uh, you missed a few times because we know some things have been going on at the house. So give us a baby health update.
2: Uh, doing better allergies now, but that's much better than everything else. Uh, hand, foot and mouth is no fun. I think that's what kept me out last week. And Lily's just had kind of a rough month and a half of it. Just little things here and there, but she's back to normal Um be on the lookout around our house. I will probably post something on Twitter here shortly, but Lily is about three days away from being fully walking around the house.
0: Oh Oh my
1: gosh. So many potentials there for captain picks. Yes. So much, so much potential. Uh, Well, great. Well, I hope you guys were able to watch some games this past week. Pretty exciting week. I think uh, overall for round 32 with our round 32 review right now, fantasy focused, review uh the playoff picture has changed. I think that went into a lot of picks at least for me and some others this past round thinking who was still uh on the line and how did that turn out for you as far as team points guys Mike?
0: Um well I think I did pretty well although I'm the lowest of the three of us. Uh, I got 81 points. Um obviously the big decision was whether or not to risk it Ladero. I decided not to because I thought that 14 million was too much. Um I ended up going with um Dojko instead, which you know worked out. He got 12 points. Um, and then I had Lucho Acosta. I can't remember if I had Lucho Acosta in my team last week. Um, he was kind of a disappointment. Um, big this biggest disappointment for me was Atlanta. Uh, I had Almiron who got injured. I mean, nothing you could really do. I think everyone had Almiron this week. But my Captain Joseph Martinez, that didn't work out for me. Um the good thing is is I did have Rooney um I had Hedges and Brilliant and Leardom um, on the defensive end or defensive line. Uh, and so that kind of worked out for me. So from what I could gather, 81 points was kind of above average, although not as good as y'all scores. So uh, can't be too upset. I didn't have VanderWheel who got the red uh, as part of my Otteroo. So that's kind of disappointing.
1: But Yeah, that was that was a fluke. I got called out on Twitter because I recommended VanderWheel on a uh, my player picks this time. I I, I don't know when that's going to happen. I can't predict red cards. <laughs> wish I, I wish I could. I wish I could. Uh, but I didn't see that person also talking about my tighter pick. But, I mean, okay, okay. Uh, Blaine, how'd you do?
2: Uh, well, I want to say I missed, I think, the first two lineup locks, which was a happy accident. So I had no Atlanta players in my lineup, which kind of hurt me on the defensive side. But that means I didn't get saddled with Almiron and Martinez or either one of them as my captains. So instant win right there. Um, I ended the week with 96 points because of that. I did captain Ladero. I had no doubts about him playing and having a good game. Uh, 13 points for the captains, not too bad. Um, I think Rooney was one of the few scores that was higher at 15. He's also on my team. And then Dogecal. Almiron was directly replaced by Lee Wynn for his nine, which was an improvement. And then I had Leardom, and I had Rui Diaz in my lineup, which was a late switch to Bruin when I saw he wasn't playing. So overall, I can't complain, especially with missing the first lineups, and that probably was the best thing to happen to me this week because, hey, no Atlanta. I didn't captain somebody who got two or three points.
0: I have to say, Blaine, usually the best things to me happen when there's no Atlanta. <laughs>
2: <What was> Morgan? <laughs> 96. 96, And I think that was round rank like 195. Oh,
1: very nice. Very nice. I am falling right in between you guys. I got 86 points. Uh, My overall rank jumped up by about 15. So definitely you got, I think, in that 70 to 80-plus range. You saw some some movement in your roster. This was definitely, I think, as you guys already pointed out, that Atlanta uh, schedule, that Atlanta game was a big impact on fantasy. I... Uh, made a lot of changes. I, that's that's why the chalkboard didn't go out last week, everyone, because all of us were making so many changes right there at the end. It just felt just ungenuine and genuine to uh, release the chalkboard with with what was probably not going to look anything like what we all finally settled on, mostly due to the Ladero questions that were going around. I, like Mike, decided to uh, drop him from my team. I don't know if that worked for me in the – positive or not because I did make so many other changes as well. I had Doshkul at times. I had uh, I had Ladero for a while. I had I had Lee Wynn I had Benny. I had all these people bouncing in and out. Uh, what I finally settled on was pretty strong. I had Gonzalez in goal. I went with Parkhurst, brought in Cannon. Then I had Bello on the bench, which was fantastic. Ten points there from him. If you don't know about this already, he is a $5 million Atlanta defender who should probably always be on your bench just – for the rest of the season. Um, down in midfield, I struggled a little bit. I did go with Acosta. I did have Almiron. Fortunately, I did not captain him, though. Then um, I had Vasquez. I was really hoping to get uh, some more out of Toronto. I was so close with going with Tider. As I mentioned, I, I talked him up during my uh, player picks article, and he came away with, I think, two goals and one assist during that game. That was everything that they scored. Uh, I went with Piotis because. He was so tempting. He started – I knew he was carrying a little bit of an injury, but when he started, I thought, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna roll a dice with Piotti. Should have gone with tighter, but nine points is still good. Um, then rounded it all off with Jovenko, Rooney, and Rudy as well from Dallas. I knew I wanted a Dallas player for their attack with that uh, potential that they had, and uh, the position that Rudy's been playing there more back has really worked out. He's OOP out of position in midfield right now, so he does take up a forward spot, but if he can always give me ten points, I am okay with that, so pretty solid round. I hope everybody else saw what used to be green arrows uh, for for this round. You're going to get a little bit of a break coming into round 33, but let's talk about the rest of what happened in round 32. Before we get into that, uh, already talked about Columbus. They grabbed three goals right there. They took advantage of Columbus's struggling to finish, and uh, that was tighter. who's 11.1. Involved in all of those three goals there. Uh, Pi- Piotti also got his goal as well as uh, Silver. I guess he got Titer got one goal and two assists. He w- he did all sorts of stuff. It was it was crazy for Titer, uh, but uh, Silver the midfield as well as Piotti in midfield. Both of those are guys kind of expensive 11.8, 10.6. But uh, Montreal has some offense there that might pay off. They're in a tight race for the playoffs, so keep an eye on them moving forward. Uh, Big news from Atlanta, New England that we already mentioned. Almirón is injured, and he's pretty much going to be out, I think, for the rest of the regular season. Has that been official yet, Mike?
0: Uh, No, it's not official yet. I mean, if Atlanta officially called him uh, week to week with a hamstring injury, but I can't imagine that they're going to rush him back. I mean, as much as I'm sure that they want to win the Supporter Shield, um, they can only far as low as second now. I'm sure they're going to arrest him and make sure he's 100% for the end of the season. But then again, it's Tato so Martino. You, know, you never quite know, but um, I would pencil him as out for the rest of this it season. It is. So,
1: well, I, mean, I don't know. I'd rather have him for a playoff than I would for supporter shield. But, I mean, that's just me. I'm not Tato. Yeah, Uh I Toronto, Vancouver. As we I'm said, especially
0: Toronto. not rushing him back if I'm trying to sell him to Arsenal for $33 million. <laughs>
1: perhaps, perhaps. Um, Vancouver got its revenge for the 2018 Canadian Championship game. Uh, They also ended Toronto's dreams of making MLS playoffs, so uh, you could look to Toronto at maybe doing some rotations now as they're winding down their 2018 season. Philadelphia just laid it out to Minnesota Um, Piccolo Piccolo maybe with that? No, I know that's definitely not it. Um, uh, He was (laughs) a I can't say his name. No one expects me to say these names right, I don't think. Um, He's a steal right now for Philly, 9.7. He was involved with three of their five goals. Of course, goal 10.1. He's still a safe bet as being involved with a lot that's going on with Philadelphia. A bit expensive there. Um, But if you want to get some
2: good value,
1: you might even look at Bedoya, 7.1. He was was active as well. So keep an eye on this Philadelphia team as the season's winding down. Um, Minnesota. Got its goal, came from Kyoto. That's not Kyoto. Man, I'm all over the place tonight. Came from Quintero, and uh, that's, that's just what you expect from Minnesota. That's that's your one pick usually, unless you're Matt Doyle this week, but where'd <laughs> you come? Uh, Dallas Orlando, as I already mentioned, you're Rudy, 9.3. He's listed as a forward, playing more as that midfield playmaker role um keep an eye on him for some some value with good matchups for dallas because he's he's been doing a little bit better at that more far back position uh colorado versus la diamante was up top again 8.0 great forward value option especially during this international time may get some more play time grabbed two goals last week uh both benny and win in the midfield had had strong showings came away with i believe a goal each um Could be a tough decision between those two players for the rest of the season. Mostly it's probably going to be your budget that makes those decisions. My preference, maybe you guys No, we'll talk about this in the next segment. Uh, my preference is tends to be win, but we'll see where these guys fall in a second. Uh, real Salt Lake versus Portland. Mike, do you, do you have the printouts for the real Salt Lake game or, or are they all Blanco?
0: I Uh, I think they're all Blanco right now. (laughs) They
1: all were, were Blanco right there. Two goals, one assist, um, was a killer game for him right there. Valeri, I still think, had a big influence in this game, though most of it was off-the-ball movement and finding those spaces to help get other players free and just taking off that pressure. So uh, Portland found goals, so that was that was great. Uh, Seattle, not Seattle, San Jose versus New York, 144 for Wando. That's all we had to report from there. So he might break that record by the end of the year. We'll see. D.C. Chicago is the Rooney Show. For this game, um, but keep an eye on DC going forward because they are in a great spot to be able to take the sixth seed away from Montreal for the playoffs. And they've got, I think, two games in hand right now, if, if memory serves. And they're playing one of those games this week that could really uh, bump them into a great position. So uh, keep an eye on DC. They're going to be pushing to make that playoffs. I, I think it's guaranteed. Uh, And then Seattle versus Houston Ladera watch was the big talk last week. Uh, He did show up. So congrats to everyone who kept him like Blaine to get those 13 points. Um, Was it worth the transfers, Mike? in retrospect, hindsight 2020? Are you happy with your team without Ladera? Would you rather stuck with it?
0: Um, I mean, obviously I would have liked to have him since he played. um, But I mean, I feel pretty decent about what decision I made. One, I knew I was going to the Superdome. So I internet access can be spotty there. So I wasn't going to be able to see that lineup. Um, you know, you has been fighting for a spot at Uruguay. You know, he was left off the world cup roster. So I didn't feel comfortable there. And the bottom line is I wasn't as comfortable like switching him to another midfielder for Seattle since it was the very last game of the week. Um, you know, I mean, I maybe could have done Christian waldon who ended up having a good game, but, I, I feel like I made the right decision, even though obviously he did play and obviously he did really well, and the Seattle just ran all over him because of it. Um, I mean, it's a tough situation, but I mean that's one of the problems. You know, if there's no backup plan really if Ladero's out. If, I mean, Seattle doesn't have Ladero and Rui Diaz. It's a really tough draw. Uh, you know, having Ladero is a big difference from not having Ladero.
1: And Blaine, I'd ask you, but you kept him, so congrats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I have for the fantasy-focused review. Do you guys have anything you want to add? No? All right. Uh, pretty straightforward. Quick little aside of what's going to happen this week, everyone listening. We're going to do a quick housekeeping section, but since there are only eight teams playing, we've uh, carved out a little time to have a little discussion, Our uh, kind of a, a pre-gaming discussion, a little wet your whistle, for the 2019 episode we're going to have After this season's over, we're going to talk about changes that we hope happens uh, with our year in review. We're going to tease a little bit of that conversation right now with some of the more interesting changes or suggestions that we've seen. Uh, First, housekeeping, then that, and then we're going to move forward. So that's coming right up. Don't don't turn off the radio. Don't fast forward. Listen for this. Uh, Housekeeping. Like I said, only eight teams are playing. LAFC, Houston, Minnesota, Colorado, D.C., dallas new england and orlando everybody else is on a buy so plenty of opportunities to get budget players on your bench if you want to go with your switcheroo options right there um, nobody's on a double game week single games for everybody and that's because of our good friend international break so uh it's gonna be probably a lower scoring game or a lower scoring week so don't worry about your scores there but just try not to go too crazy with your picks, and we're hoping to help you with those coming right up. Uh, first, though, Patreon, thank you so much, to everyone who donates. Um, it's it's just been a great season. I finally got all of the gift cards sent out after figuring out the the difficulties working with PayPal and uh, fanatics with MLS's store. I was able to get those uh, problems and miscommunications fixed, and all of the gift cards. For the previous season should have gone out if you have not received yours yet let me know uh those guys that weren't able to get gift cards because that was part of the problem uh they got some swag so if you haven't gotten your swag let me know and that's what people who contribute to patreon and participate in the other mls fantasy boss leagues the, the reddit league have to look forward to because of of the donations from people that help with our podcast we're able to provide 50 dollar, 25 five dollar gift cards scarves swag that's what we do to give back to the community in exchange for you all helping us so much uh, by supporting our podcast and, and the projects with our, our hosting fees and, and other items like that. It's, it's great. And I love giving back and just seeing people respond just with their gratitude and excitement at times. And I'm happy to help facilitate that and help grow the game. Uh, when I hear from people who are like, Hey, this is the first time I've, I've really played seriously and you guys have helped and thanks a lot for this. So, um, thank you is really just what I want to say. Thank you. And, uh, we're going to get the rest of the, of the swag out, everybody, soon. And uh, next year, we're going to hit it again strong and let me know what you guys think of the season and what we can do to change to make it more involved and more fun and just what you want to see. Uh, I want to hear it because I want to make this a product that you all want and love and appreciate. So thank you so much, everyone. To find out more about Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI. And now Mike with the injury news.
0: Okay, well, first I am going to make a little bit of a housekeeping announcement on my own. I made this on Twitter already, but um, I did put out that MLS Injury News as a Twitter account has come to an end. Um, bottom line is I just can't keep up with it. I've kind of taken a big step back from Twitter in general. And even if I hadn't done that, um, it's just become too much for me to keep uh, track of on my own. Um, if, if anything is bizarre as it is, the state of injury reporting in MLS has gotten worse um you know places for example portland which used to be like really good about injury information it just become total black spots you know houston cut cut its entire coverage so just kind of a, lot of a lot of bad stuff like that just made it feel like unless people were like sending in tips and seeing injuries as they happened during the games i couldn't really do it and that wasn't happening so um we had a good run but it's time to come to an end um so Obviously, my injury news reports on here are not going to be as extensive, but I'm going to keep trying to do uh, and get you all as much information as I can. So obviously, the big one is Almiron. Um, He's officially listed as week-to-week, but as I said earlier, I don't expect to see him in the regular season, and most people don't anymore. Um, Other for this week, uh, the big stuff is um, who are the international call-ups, and I can provide that to you. For the Rapids, it's Kellen Acosta. For DC United, it's Moreno. Um, for FC Dallas, it's Cannon, Figueroa, and Gruz- Um For Houston, it's Alvarez, Elise, Machado, Kyoto, and Pena. Uh, for LAFC, it's Lopez. For Minnesota, it's Calvo. For the Reds, it's Dalamea and Haravo. And for Orlando, it's El Muneer, Tarak, and Yoshio, So those are the big absences that the teams are going to be dealing with uh, this week.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Mike. And now, as I was saying in that uh, ramble that I had before, our uh, discussion topic for tonight are uh, some of the interesting change ideas that we've seen for the 2019 fantasy season. Um, I sent out a message on Twitter and I sent out a message over at Reddit just to get some ideas that people were interested in. Of course, at the end of the year, we're going to be talking about some of the general uh, frustrations that we had at the beginning of the season. And if you like draft or if you like unlimited transfers or not, what we wanted to really focus on tonight were some of the more interesting ideas that we've heard. And I'm going to start out with an easy one. It's also the one that uh, I think Mike suggested, but my favorite change idea that I've heard, and uh, that is away point modifiers. And, uh, I just really think this is a great idea because it is going to expand the player pool that will could, I don't sound like it's going to happen. I think this could be a really cool change because it will expand the player pool for who are viable players each round. Uh, We know that the home and away Games are the home and away uh, Just records are real, and the home home team advantage is real with MLS. And so many people we've had on this show and so many picks that we have made are, go with the home team. Don't know? Go with the home team. Well, what would you think if it's four points for a goal if you're at home, but maybe it's six points for a goal if you're on the road? Uh, I think that brings a lot more people into play, and I think it could really make for some interesting – Discussion and considerations for trying to balance that risk versus reward. Uh, that was your idea, right, Mike?
0: Um, I, I don't remember if I, like I suggested it or we kind of did it in conjunction or just kind of like spitball. But regardless, I, I think it has a lot of merit. Um, I think it would make it more interesting. I think it would make it more differentials more of a thing. I mean, how many times we talk about like, oh, your differentials, uh, you know? I mean, we we talked about LAFC having a great week, um, but they were on the road. I I don't know how many of us picked them. I don't think a lot of us did. And, you know, from the teams I've seen, I don't think it was a big pick. We had had a really serious conversation last week about picking up LAFC if there was an away point multiplier, because then you had a lot more risk reward. And I think that's the element that's really missing. Um, And we'll talk about it later with like limited transfers and such. But, I think you want to introduce like a strategy like, okay, I'm not I, I've fallen behind. How can I really catch up? Because right now, there isn't much of a way because when you fall behind the budget, like you're done. Like it pretty like it kind of compounds itself um, the way the price system is set up right now. Um, and so I think you would give a strategy like, okay, I've fallen behind. I'm going to pick some road players. I'm going to pick Atlanta or New York Red Bulls or some of these players on the road who other people might not pick because I think they're going to have a good game on the road. And you can take that risk and you can reap that high reward. So for me, having that strategy makes it more interesting, makes the discussion more varied. And like you said, I mean, it's not just us. It's also the fantasy periscope. I mean, you know, it's okay. Well, you pick the home teams, so you pretty much like cut the player pool in half to start the week. So I, I think it could be a lot more interesting of a game if that were added.
1: Blaine, you want to weigh in? Uh,
2: I'm not a huge fan of this idea, but I really can't argue against what it would bring to the game, especially as it sits now. I don't know. To me, I just I really don't like this idea. Just on the surface. It sounds like putting a bandaid over over the problems, but I could see it, it would be a good bandaid to have. If you're not going to change anything else in the off season besides that, I think it's a positive for the game. I just think there are probably other ways of fixing things besides screw uh, pasting on something like this over the top of an already mostly broken system. Well, I'll
1: I'll give you that. This uh, this is a potential change that doesn't really seek to address any of the concerns that i've seen fantasy managers expressing over this past season we we could say more than one season but i think with the the provider shift that this is really the season we need to focus on uh so yeah no you're totally right it it doesn't focus on that i i think it it could add a a a flare a little bit of of just something different that a lot of other games don't have i mean we've all three of us have experienced it Playing the the private game that we have, which some of us have people have heard us talk about on the show before, the show league, where um, Sean, who runs that, has multipliers—not home and away—but this will be worth 1.7, or this will be wor- get you a 0. 0.25 multiplier if you add this element to to your picks and selections. So um, we don't have to have full points; it it could be little things like that to make things add up over time. So and, and that's maybe that's where Mike and I came up with it or the discussion ultimately came from. But uh, you're absolutely right, Blaine, that that would just be a little fun bit of flair that would get added, uh, not necessarily something that addresses the um, any shortcomings that are there right now.
0: And and I'll say that um, regardless of what the system is, whether it's an unlimited transfer system with rolling transfers like we had now or whether it's a limited transfer more like the FPL model, I I think you would see more variations in the player pool. Um, Because, I mean, even when we talked about when when there was limited transfers and we're looking at the schedule, our conversations were mostly based on who has the most home games and the least bad road games. Um, And so I think it would change those conversations to be more varied instead of just like... Okay, well, who's got, you know, let's look at Reed's Excel sheet. Let's see who's got the, all the big games in bold and, you know, highlight those players and bring those players in. Because, I mean, that's kind of what it ended up being is just trying to get as many players with as many home games as possible into your lineup for, you know, the stretch. So I, I think regardless of the system, and, and and look, Blaine doesn't have to tell me about the fact that the system has problems and needs a lot of work in the offseason. You know, we'll, we'll be going into that in the end of the year show. Um It'll probably take an hour just to list all the problems that the game had this year. But oh, I think I regard- <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless of the of the form that the game takes in 2019, I think the away modifier would make it more interesting, So, which is probably why they won't do it. But
1: oh well. uh, So something else, again, this probably is a bit more of a flair element, uh, but something else that was suggested is kind of a copying this over From the FPL system, and I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the FPL elements, but maybe I could see this working. Um, Chips, Uh, that's what, if you're not a player of the FPL game, um, the FPL system has, Fantasy Premier League, has uh, chips, which are these little extra bonuses you can activate, like you get a triple captain score, or everybody on your bench, their scores also count towards your score, and you can do these once a season. Uh, to kind of boost your score. Add some interesting strategy because people can use them at different times of the year. Uh, You never know what's going to happen right there. So people suggested maybe adding some sort of modifiers or chips to the system. I, I don't know. That might be too much, I think, since we're still in some flux, but how does that sound to you guys? Blaine, I'll let you go first.
2: I mean, we used to have the captain and the vice captain or whatever and some other features in this game. And I don't know, it's, I haven't given it much thought. I haven't played with the chip system in FPL, so I'm not as familiar with it. I could see there being a lot of fun stuff, but then to play devil's advocate, isn't everybody going to wait for Atlanta to take on whoever it is, let's say Colorado this year. (laughs) And then they're going to triple captain Martinez when they're playing Colorado at home. I mean, you, you look through the schedule, you highlight those games and barring injury, you can pick pretty much the beginning of the season where you want to use some of those those special bonuses. Um, I mean, Kansas City hosting Colorado. Okay, that's when you put your clean sheet bonus. It's whatever the special chip that gives you an extra three points per clean sheet. Load up and go get your clean sheet. I mean, I could see it. I think it could be fun, but it seems more like a novelty rather than uh, a game-changing idea. And maybe it engages a few more people or maybe we have those one, two week and dropout players that come in go, Hey, let me use all these chips, see what they're about. Oh, I'm out. And I can't use them. I didn't use them well. And then we list, we get more player turnover at the first part of the season too, because they're like, I want to see what all these are about. Oh, I can only use them once. Well, I'm done then. And I see that happening a lot with something like this, Mike. Uh,
0: I'm not a fan of the chip system. Um, I think it's very gimmicky. Uh, And especially in FPL, I don't think it really works because then everyone pretty much saves them for um, the double game weeks because there's like only two or three in FPL. And so it doesn't really work. Um, I think they might be a little bit better in MLS since there are more opportunities for double game weeks where you could have more of an impact. Um, And so you'd have a little bit more variation in in when to use it. But um, I I, I just think it's, it's very gimmicky. Um, and I don't think they would work as well, especially with the system we have now. I mean, if you had unlimited transfers, I mean, that's just dumb to have a chip system with unlimited transfers. I, I think you would have to have a limited transfer system for it to make sense.
1: That that does make sense, Mike. Yeah, uh, like I said before, I think it's a bit more gimmicky, maybe than we need right now. Uh, that seems like kind of a change you might use once you have a, a well-established. Community that's—I mean—they've got millions of players. So once you have that well-established community, to add a little bit of flair uh, for those players to have, and, and we're still kind of in that building phase. So uh, not a bad idea. I'd like to see if we branched out to something a little bit different. Um, maybe have double captains. Maybe have a mid-game week captain and uh, and a weekend game captain. That might be a fun chip to play right there instead of just a triple captain or one of those things or. Uh, or maybe even have a vice captain. That maybe maybe that's what you would call call that there, but or maybe adding uh, an extra sub spot, maybe a third keeper, and you can really try something weird that way, or a fourth a fourth forward, that kind of thing. So maybe if we did some variety to it, that could be cool. Yeah. Uh, but maybe a little bit further down the road.
0: You know what okay. I would say if 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 we we'll, if we have chips, let me suggest some one an unlimited budget chip. We could for unlimited oh. transfers that week, just like put whatever team you want. And just go. Um, Then I would have like a multiply your score, like just like times two. And so that way you can pick which double game week you think is going to be the biggest scoring week. Um, You know, I think those were, I mean, if if we're going to embrace like a chip gimmick system, let's make them like crazy instead of like, don't just do like, oh, the benches or triple cap. Let's make them like big, you know, you can go all out.
1: Mike's yeah. like go big or go home.
0: Uh, you know what? That uh, that's what's what I'm about. Go, big, <laughs> go home.
1: Okay, so maybe this this third idea, Blaine, may address some of the mechanics that you're seeing. Um, we're gonna go to more of this stuff into the season, but people have weighed in on their opinions on rolling transfers and on unlimited transfers. So one suggestion was someone trying to bridge the gap between a lot of this. And I appreciated that. I appreciated the the constructive approach you had to this. And so someone suggested maybe we move to a four or five per round transfer system, acknowledging that we do have a strange schedule with our buys and our double game weeks and that just having a single transfer per week can be very limiting. So uh, four to five transfers per round. Don't know if you guys would want to have uh, one or two transfers carry over at times. If you didn't make all of them, I don't know. Uh, But how does that – I'll start with you again, Blaine, just because I know you were mentioning some of this a second ago. Uh, Do you think that would um, address some of the issues that you've had or seen this year?
2: Yeah, um, I think the two big complaints that I've seen are the budget, and the unlimited transfers. I think I really like the unlimited transfers. I think with the craziness of the schedule and seeing how we had to play with two transfers around, I think it's a little bit too much bookkeeping and a little bit too much forecasting for the casual fan. And I think four to five, maybe too little. So I'm gonna amend this option. And I would like to see a, a set number of free transfers, maybe three, maybe five. And then a progressive uh, budget hit system, where maybe your first transfer cost you point or your. Let's say we get five free transfers just to keep it even. Six transfer cost you point three off your budget. The next one's point four. The next one's point five. So you can make the full eleven transfers if you want to, but you're going to have to eat through some of your budget to do it. So that's kind of the balancing factor. So it it does reward players for keeping and predicting the long-term success of certain teams or certain players, which I think was one of the huge strategy elements of the two transfer system that we used to have. Um, There was nothing better than picking one of those cheap players that has a string of four or five good games that nobody else jumped on early and just watching him um, bankroll you a lot of points and not hit your budget too hard. And then you transfer him out or you watch everybody else pick him up when he costs quite a bit more. Um, So I would say maybe a progressive between it. But yeah, I do think just on the surface, limiting the number of transfers would probably help bring a lot more strategy, may change up the variance a little bit because everybody values players differently. Uh, I know I've brought in some of the same names, but this year I've branched out a little bit more and gone away from the crowd quite a bit, like this week with Ladero. Um, but I think given the recent performance, everybody would have had Ladero this week because of the last few games. So, um, it's both good and bad. Um, I think it would go a ways to helping fix things, but wouldn't be not one of the highest things on my list at the end of season discussion to try to fix the game.
1: Of course, you know, you could also go with a system that maybe since we have two seasons now, maybe gives you a total number of transfers per season that you could make uh, maybe just factor it in at five per round but say you can use however many you want uh, and yeah. then some maybe one round you make 11 maybe another round you make two maybe one round you make zero uh, but give you a set number of transfers now to be fair I don't think this would happen this maybe seems a bit more logistically a nightmare to manage uh, but that could be an interesting spin on well what's four or five per round okay well let's say you get 60 per season. Go. And if you run out at the end, you're stuck. There you go. Maybe that's your chip, extra 10 more
2: transfers. I don't know, something like that. But uh, I could I definitely see that being a valuable system. But we get back. <laughs> uh, No, that I mean, that could, be, that could be really fun for the guys who really want to forecast out every game and go, okay, I know I'm going to carry Martinez for these six games, so let's get him in that six weeks where I don't have to use one of my five as you balance it out and then, you know, but it with injuries, you've always got that little bit of insurance to do, to make it work. I could see that being huge. Maybe even do a points incentive for unused transfers at the end of the game. Okay. Even if, even if it's a one point per transfer, that's not used. I mean, if you're talking 60 transfers over half a season on one of these short seasons, that's still, I mean, that's a potential for 60 points every time if you don't make a single transfer. Not a lot, but that could be that can make a break I it not top think, end.
1: I do not think picking a team in round one and never making a transfer would be worth sixty points.
0: yeah, probably not
1: <laughs> Mike, where do you weigh in on all this?
0: Um, so I weigh in kind of contrary to to the internet conversation um and, and and where I start is this: Did you guys hear earlier in the show where I talked about the injury news getting worse? It's getting worse. <laughs> people forget like i think part of the reason people aren't messaging me about injury news is because it's not relevant because oh i'll just look at the lineup and find out if someone's injured or hurt oh is ladero playing oh i don't know i'll just look at the lineup and find out and i'll just switch to Roll on if not like people forget it's bad and it's gotten worse like I think people need to remember what two years ago was like, and you were desperate to find out news about Robbie Keane only to have the LA Galaxy lie to your face. There's not many beat writers in MLS and even like 50% of them actually do any worthwhile injury reporting. So to me, I don't want unlimited you transfers. I don't want limited transfers. I think unlimited transfers fix the main problem of MLS, which is that the schedule's weird, that you have random call-ups, and that you have random undisclosed injuries. It's not like FPL where the managers are honest. So while I would love for MLS as a league to do that officiating, the fantasy game can't control that. So I'm not a fan of limited transfers in general. Now, I also feel like people are blaming unlimited transfers for something that it's not really its fault like mainly people saying it's too much work to have these rolling transfers because i have to look at the lineups all the time well they're not realizing like there's an easy fix to do that without getting rid of rolling transfers which is we have an app which is mls app it's supposed to be making the game easier why not we have notifications on this app why not have it arrange so that if a player is not starting that's in your fantasy lineup you get a notification that way you're not forced to be on twitter or discord or whatever is trying to check the lineups and trying to remember all the different kickoff times and an hour from that that would solve people's problems of i'm too busy on the weekend because then you get the notification of oh i can just do it real quick and you know check my phone real quick because let's be honest if you have a smartphone you're probably going to be checking it once or twice you know regardless of what you're doing Um, And I think that would largely solve the problem that people are having, like, oh, it's too much work on the weekend because you would get the notification, hey, he's starting or hey, he's not starting, depending on how many notifications you want. And then that would fix that problem. People aren't having as much of a problem of unlimited transfers or rolling transfers. I think there are very few people who are like, oh, you know, I really missed the strategy part of it. And that's why I think the away modifier is good because I think you would reintroduce the strategy. But quite frankly, I don't think there's much of a strategy in just hoping and guessing that your player doesn't get um, hurt or that your team is actually lying, about lying or not lying about injuries. That to me is no fun. That's no skill. Um, I think there's much better ways to do it than all these kind of limited transfers because people are forgetting how bad MLS injury situation really is when you don't get to peek at those lineups before.
1: Uh, maybe that should be our new metagame is guess the injury for next season. <laughs> that's that's the new mini game that we can play instead of uh, just just picking who's going to score. Okay. Well, no. Uh, interesting takes on both of those. Uh, last one that we're going to talk about, unless you guys think of something else that, that i missed, you want to talk about real quick. Uh, we had a few people who mentioned just they wanted to get rid of the ruse. No – Now, that's a lot deeper of a conversation than than it sounds like, just getting rid of eliminating auto-roos and transfer and keep because it does play into just the very foundations of how manager subs work and how rolling transfers work and just how all these lockouts work. So it's it's deep, but do you all feel like the transfer-roos and auto-roos have detracted more from the game this year or added to the game?
0: Yeah, I'll go first. I mean, that is one thing where you do get into more of the work because especially when you get into the transfer rules, then you can have it. Um, I think there's a simple fix, and that's just to ca- cap the budget at 100000 or or $100 million, whatever. whatever we're called. Yeah, $100 million, sorry. sorry. Um, then you don't have the problem because you don't have the money to run all these stuff. You know, I mean, I haven't been running as many transfer rules as I was at the end of the last year simply because I don't have the money. Um, and to me, if you have the pricing system went um more reasonable where you know you have to make tough decisions as far as like backups uh and stuff like that you wouldn't have these kinds of problems um I do think it is a little ch- cheapens it because then you actually get to see scores um and do that and, and to me there there's nothing all that clever about that other than just trying to make the arrangements and do the planning but I, I don't think that's the type of skill that we really want to be rewarding in the game so i don't i don't have a problem with it going away but i don't think you have to do a rule change as far as the automatics and stuff i just think you need to have the budget cap and then it could actually be more of a strategy thing um but a strategy with a cost and, and that's the problem right now is that you set your lineup even if you pick your purse your, your first string players in every spot you had like 10 million left over so you could easily do a transfer and stuff like that and, and that's just not the situation. So I think the problem with the transfer ruse and auto ruse is really a transfer with the budget. And if you fix the budget issues, then those other issues will go away without any rule changes.
2: I'm on the other side of the spectrum here. I think the ruse are one of the highlights of this year's game. I think it's really what kind of has a potential to st- set the top players apart from everybody else. Um, when you hit those, right. Uh, but, I'm I'm kind of with Mike on that. Um, I think if the system was fixed in a way where the game's a little more competitive without him, I would be happy to see him go away. Um, I've thought I've thought through some of these on this, and I'm like, I wouldn't mind seeing one sub as an emergency sub, and it's like, or and a goalkeeper sub, so two subs, one's your goalkeeper and one's that, and you don't get the aru's, you don't get the chance to change out all of your players all the time. You go. OK, this is my sub and he only comes in if I had a did not play and you could make it. Uh, we've had to do this in one of my draft leagues because we didn't want the ruse in there. It's if you make a transfer to a did not play player after your sub has played, it nullifies that transfer. You can or it nullifies that sub opportunity. You can't go, hey, I put this guy as a sub spot as an emergency sub. He just got me 15 points. Let's go throw in a scrub. Let's go throw in somebody who's on a bye week and make sure I get those points. We actually don't like that, and we call that cheating in our league because that's not the spirit of the league we've got built. I wouldn't be upset to see him go away at all, but I agree with Mike on that you can fudge it. The other one that I've talked about a little bit off and on is make bench points matter um you get your sub if you have a do not play you get full points for them when they come in but if they do if they if they don't play or if they play and they don't come into your lineup maybe you get half points for them because they're on your bench i just it gives you some incentive to pack your bench with players that will play that will get you points then you have to balance the trade off okay do i throw this week question with orlando on my bench hoping he potentially gets a goal or an assist and gets me half points for that so I get two or three extra points for that or is it better just to slash the budget take my scrub and take zero points for the scrub and throw it in my starting lineup it gives you a lot of other play for that I think if you made the bench a little more valuable and viable for players to be sitting on your bench and still contribute even if they don't make it to your starting lineup I think that would fix the ruse a lot as well, because you, you just have to look at all, what is it? uh, 15 players this year. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I know that's another can of worms to open as a potential fix to this, but, um, to go back to my original point, I think the ruse were the, my favorite part of the strategy of this weird split year of fantasy. But I do think, for especially for casuals, it can detract. And with the way the budget gets out of control, it really rewards players that get a higher budget. And when you have a higher budget, you already have better players. And now when you have more opportunity to gimmick the system, I think it's a snowball effect, and it, and it limits your catch-up ability. If you're behind in the budget, you're never going to catch up.
1: Well, I, uh, I think I fall somewhere between. I definitely understand what you're saying guys about uh, Mike about it. a little bit cheesy, a little bit cheap to see the points. Uh, but I also agree with playing that it has been a lot of fun. So uh, we'll see where the ruse come. I, I think it's definitely not a mechanic that was built on purpose. It's just something that we as players figured out over time playing. And so I think that's, that's inevitable in every game people figure out ways to, to try to mid max their way to better scores, but I think it's fun. I hope the suggestions that we've given everyone have helped more people take advantage of them who may not have understood that at the beginning. Um, That's all that I have for our little pre-2019 discussion topic. Uh, It's really just kind of filler for tonight's episode since it's going to be short. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. A preview of what's to come when we actually get into this later on uh, over the next... I guess in a few more weeks we'll get this episode put together. We'll have a panel, uh, get maybe four or five of us on here to try to to talk about some of the ideas, our reactions, uh, maybe get a little bit of an interview with Ben Bear if we can get his schedule to work out just to get his take uh, from sort of the mothership side on that. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you, everyone, who submitted some questions and thoughts. Uh, Now let's get on to the round 33 preview and our player picks, integrated A little bit different format might be something we use more in 2019. So give me your feedback upon this. Uh, We're just going to keep it broad and keep this moving. So Mike, start us off. What keeper matches are you uh, interested in this week?
0: Um, Well, let me rule one out to kind of start with. Um, And that's DC against um, FC Dallas. Uh, As strong as DC is, FC Dallas is the best road team um, I'm not going to take any defenders or keepers on the road. So they're all out. Um, and I don't, as good as DC is, I don't really trust them. Uh, I don't really trust um, the, the revs either. Um, I mean, they, they've been kind of struggling and limping this past um, few months. So. Uh, so, so for me, it really comes down to uh, LAFC and Minnesota. Uh, and so I have right now Keeperu. Uh, in mind with um, Miller Um, and the best thing is is that you can do any kind of switcheroo keeperoos or whatever with this because they're all at different times they're all staggered and LAFC is uh, Friday night so I'm going to take a look and see what LAFC does against Houston Um, I really like that matchup because there's no Elise there's no uh, Kyoto so all they'll really have is Tomas Martinez uh, Houston has pretty much packed it up for the year. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've won the U.S. Open Cup. So uh, I, I feel pretty confident that uh, LAFC can try to keep a clean sheet because there's not too many losses for LAFC in the international arena. So um, we'll see about that. So I really like Miller, but it, I mean, if if something bad happens, I can switch to Shuttleworth. He's only 4.4, 4, I think. Um, so it's a pretty easy uh, keeper to do there.
1: Yeah, let's talk more about Shuttleworth and Minnesota in general. I'll get you to weigh in on this one, Blaine. Uh, we talked about how Matt Doyle was talking up Minnesota United and, and his team during the Fantasy Periscope that was out today. Uh, four players, as he was going, and, and at first thought, I think a lot of us laugh and go, "Okay, well, uh, who's who's player? Maybe three and four. I can maybe think of two players I can go with, but." It kind of makes sense once you start to think about Colorado. Do you agree that Shuttleworth potential, Blaine? Uh,
2: I mean, whether you, uh, yeah, look at the lineups. I mean, uh, Mike makes a really strong case for LAFC with the way Houston's configured, but you're looking at Miller at $8.9 million. Um, I don't trust Rapids. What did you tell me before the show? Their one goal in their last seven? and yeah. Minnesota hasn't looked terrible on stole defense. stole my
0: stat, Blaine, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Not talking you told- to you before the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway, uh, and 4.4 for Shuttleworth. I mean, that to me is a no-brainer. You're running some sort of keeper this week. Um, you can afford that extra 0. .4 million over a scrub. Um, he either has to be the first part of a keeper and if he gets one or two, you gamble with hamid or whoever um, new england's running out because orlando is hot garbage right now um there is a dwyer effect but uh, who knows um you could still gamble on this because you're only losing 0. 0.4 million at shuttleworth and if he gets less than four or five points you're probably going to make that up with either dc or new england because Dallas and Orlando like to take shots. I think the keeper is going to see a few saves, going to pick up that bonus points in 90 minutes. I mean, I think you've got a safe bet here. Shuttleworth is a no-brainer. He should be in 100% of lineups this weekend, or at least on 100% of radars of he's either the first part of the switcheroo or if LAFC doesn't keep the clean sheet, you bring him in. Yeah, I think you guys
1: uh, are pretty right on the head with, with the top two keeper targets for this round especially with a lot of these teams uh, already eliminated a lot of them are just going to be winding out the season may start seeing some rotation so might make it easier on the life of a of a goalkeeper uh take us into uh defenders maybe some more variety here uh, it's interesting collection of teams to try to pick defenders from blaine who are you looking at
2: um I want at least one, if not two from LAFC uh, price does matter a little bit here. Most of their starters are, I mean, their three big starters are all 8 million and above. So with the shorter season and the budget crunch and kind of, I don't even know who their fourth starter has been on defense lately. Is it De Silva who's been playing when he's not injured, when he's not injured, he's got a green circle next to him. So that's kind of a wait and see, but, I mean, whoever it starts, they've only got seven defenders on the list, Uh, three of them are eight million. So whoever starts in that cheaper role is probably coming into my lineup, and I just have to see who it is. Um, And then go back to what Doyle said. I think think four from Minnesota is not unheard of with the way Colorado has been scoring goals or hasn't been scoring goals. I think – you've got enough bench options. I mean, Coleman's on my bench right now at 4.8 um, depending on who starts their most expensive defender available is Boxall at seven. And then everybody else is four point. You've got a 4.8, a 4.6, 4.5. I mean, you're going to run a couple of scrub defenders anyway. You've got um transfer options here. um this week, I think you should only be running three starting defenders, so that gives you two scrubs. Make Put those two scrubs in, throw two. If you don't have these guys forward, which there are some good attacking options here too, I mean, throw your one or two defenders in from here and put them in the Otters, And then, like I said, uh, grab somebody cheap from D.C. or even New England at this point if you don't like those. Um, I've got Mora from D.C. who did okay last week. Uh, 6.7 also in my lineup, but I mean, you're looking at as much LAFC as you can handle in your team, depending on how you configure it. And then, yeah, I do like Minnesota this week for just cheap options and throw the rest of your money forward. Mike, in and Dad,
0: um, My strategy was, I, I basically just have one defender from each home team um, this week. Um, I, I do think the defender one is, is kind of low. Um, I mean, LAFC outside of Zimmerman, uh, I, I don't think there's as many great, um, consistent defenders. Um, I mean, DC with Fisher being out for the year, um, as we learned last week, they don't have a whole lot of great options. So brilliant. Plus, I think they're having a tough year. Um, my my kind of issue with Minnesota is I mean, yeah, Coleman's there, but I mean, he's 4.8 for a reason. And. Colorado being bad offensively doesn't make Minnesota suddenly good defensively. Um, I mean, it might just be the recipe that Colorado needs to get back on the score sheet. So I, I, I don't to, – to me, you just have a whole lot of bad options. So just kind of like, well, I'll throw Farrell from New England, Minnesota, just kind of see what sticks. You know, maybe I get a clean sheet here and there. Um, because honestly, like, I don't really trust any of these teams except for maybe LAFC defensively.
1: Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I don't know if I would go four heavy with Minnesota this round. Uh, I know that Colorado hasn't scored a whole lot, but uh Minnesota's kind of in that bottom third as far as keeping clean sheets even at home. I don't know. I think this is maybe a three defender – kind of round, uh, are you guys planning on having all five defender spots filled or are you looking for just four with that, that bench transfer or just going to go with three?
0: Uh, I've got um, three in the starting and then one in the auto-roo. And, and min- min- the Minnesota player, Coleman, is, is part of my maro- uh, auto Um because, I mean, Minnesota hasn't kept a clean sheet since May. Yeah. So, I mean – like I said, and one of the things we've learned from fantasy is just because the other team is bad doesn't mean that your team that team suddenly becomes good.
2: So, Mike, <laughs> I'll go back to mine. Um, who for? I mean, you said Farrell for New England. Um, yeah. Do you put what do you put the clean sheet chance on New England compared to um, Minnesota? Like I don't put it that much higher to warrant spending an extra million on Farrell. Now I have a smaller budget, so I'm coming at it from that angle. I'm only at one twenty-four million. I don't know what you're at right now.
0: Uh, I I'm at one twenty-five point six.
2: Yeah, you've got just a little bit more wiggle room. And I was crunching for that fifth midfielder for the bench, and I was having trouble grabbing a guy that I wanted at that spot. So I think the bud- I think we're right on either side of the budget line for this week, to where you're really comfortable. So maybe you don't mind throwing the extra million at Farrell or Dielna or somebody. Um, and then what I, I, about? I, well,
0: let me tell you what, why I went with Farrell. He's gotten a few assists this year, and I kind of went with him for the offensive potential. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So and that, then that's why I ended up doing Farrell.
2: Okay. And then same with DC. I mean, I'm looking at him. I'm like. Uh, the guys that I expect to play now, they've got they're going to have to play some cheap guys too, so I mean there's options there, but I'm seeing guys that are sub five million here that are going to have to play,
0: and right. I'm like I, mean, okay. I did brilliant because he's been a consistent starter for them.
2: Yeah, um, no, and and don't plus get wrong, as I'm, much as
0: I don't, I mean D, as as good as FC Dallas has been, this is still a West Coast against an East Coast team on the road. Plus, Dallas does have a few um, pieces missing. I mean, plus Dallas is actually getting towards the we don't care about any of this anymore because, I mean, they're pretty much... um, Yeah, I mean, they're four points ahead of Sporting Kansas City, so, I mean, they pretty much have the first spot locked up. They're not in shield contention. Um, I I could kind of easily see them kind of sleepwalking through this week.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and I totally get that. And I'm just I'm just sitting here going, Well, I can spend that extra million to upgrade uh Coleman or his second Minnesota defender to somebody who's gonna start for another team, cost a little bit more, may give me a couple more points, or I can run the transfer on the Minnesota into the whoever DC plays puts out there on defense it's also a sub five million for about the same cost and i get two scores to choose from there i just i see the potential for cut your losses and get out of here with the budget and that's the only thing i mean i think we're all in agreement if we could run four in the back from lafc we would but there's too many attacking options that we have to look at too so how do you fill it in and when you don't know go with the old tried and true don't put any money in your defense and throw it all up front
0: well, and one of the good things about having Kalmont on the bench is that if I mean Minnesota does hit the clean sheet, um, then I could easily scrub out either Brilliant or um, or Farrell, or yeah. you know wh- whoever you have. I mean that that is one of the good things about kind of setting it up the way. And, and maybe you know depending on how your team is, maybe you want to have LAFC players on the bench, and then you can kind of scrub out some of these riskier picks um in the later rounds because i mean you you can really if you have depending on how your money is um really finesse that
2: and then what would be your and reed you can answer this one too what would be your keep and uh keep and transfer points wise like what what number from Coleman are you looking at before you transfer him in or, or keep him or transfer him out
0: uh i would say about five five to keep five yeah. to
2: keep
1: yeah that that uh that four or five point would be around the, around the spot because, I don't know, I mean, that that New England game could end up going 0-0, so you could get some high scores from some of those defenders there on, on both sides because we know New England's equally had some struggles uh, with Orlando or as, as Orlando has had their struggles. at At home, New England is in the bottom – like the bottom four as far as teams scoring at home. So they're not, I don't think they're even scoring uh, a, two goals a game or averaging that. So they're, they're pretty bad. So that, that could easily be a game that goes zero, zero. So I would want a kind of a higher score from Coleman to, to maybe not really want to at least take a flyer on, on someone from that pair.
2: Okay. Yeah. Because that's, um, when I was able to write my article weekly, I always was doing the over under keep and pass on them. And my number for Coleman's between that four and the five. And I mean, if he, if we're looking at that, that means we're not even looking for a clean sheet plus 90 minutes here, which is bare minimum seven points. If you're not looking to keep for lower than that, it's kind of hard to justify the money on somebody else, but that's just me. But, I mean, that's, that's kind the- of my thinking. and I'm just trying to get that out there. This is how I make my defender picks on these weeks. Cause I know people wonder, it's like, oh, should I grab four or five defenders this week? And I'm just sitting here going, I would probably save everything for forward.
0: Well, I mean, that is general. I'm not spending a whole lot. The only defender I really spent a whole lot on was Zimmerman. Um, One, he's coming off a goal from his last game, uh, and I think he's actually been pretty goal effective recently. I think he's kind of taken over Simon's spot as LAFC's scoring defender. Um, But, I mean, regardless – um, he's bid consistent. He's a center back. Um, I, I think he's been very consistent as far as getting offensive potential, but, I mean, also getting the defensive bo- uh, bonus points as well uh, and then the clean sheet. So, um, And then the rest of LAFC, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, is like who else do you have there? And so um, that's kind of why I felt Zimmerman was okay with the, exp- the expense. But, I mean, that's another one where if you're like – you know if if you don't have the LAFC somewhere else you know then then you can go with a fourth LAFC defender and just kind of check out i mean to to me the problem is um i want to have miller um so that's to to me is my fourth LAFC defender
2: yeah and this is one of the reasons why i'm leaning away from miller is because he's what a million more than Hamid, two million more than him. Yeah, a million yeah. more than Hamid. And I can replace Kalman with um whoever starts on that fourth defender spot for less than a million increase, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. And See I, I think I mean, that'll
2: I, I I the player there.
0: Oh sorry. Um I was just gonna say the the problem I have with kind of that strategy is to me your clean sheet chances go down as the games progress. Um, so, to me, ILFC has the best shot at a clean sheet because they're the best defense against the worst team. Whereas Minnesota hasn't had a clean sheet since May. And as much as Colorado struggled, so it gives them like a decent shot, especially since Colorado doesn't have Acosta, it's still a problem. And I mean, DC's playing against FC Dallas, who's looked very good. Um, and then New England and Orlando, who they're, I mean, both of those teams are trash. Um, so, I don't really depend on either one of them for a clean sheet. So that that's that's the kind of issue where I'm like I want to have the LAFC guys in the keeper to to start off.
1: All right, good. Lots of good defender options right there. Let's move on to midfield, Mike. I know this is one of your absolute favorite positions. So uh, some decent options this round. Maybe some some under the radar picks. Why don't you let us know uh, what what you're thinking?
0: Okay, so I, I think one of the big questions you're going to have this week is whether or not. Um, you go with uh, Benny Fellhaber or Lee Wynn. Um, I went with Benny Felhaber. Um, it's a pretty close call. They're very similar budget-wise, but I think Benny fellhaber has been a little bit more consistent um, for me. Plus, he actually has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Um, Lee Wynn tends to kind of cap out at nine, whereas uh, Benny Felhaber will hit double digits every now and then. So I, I went with Benny Fellhaber, figure, you know what? Benny Fellhaber hates Houston. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that. Um then I went with two DC um, United uh, midfielders. Um, here, I, I kind of struggled because uh, I mean, it was kind of limited on the LAFC players because I had them elsewhere. Um, and I'm just like, you know what? Even though FC Dallas isn't a great matchup, FC Dallas is going to be missing some defenders. DC is at home. It's an intercon- uh, interconference rivalry, or not a rivalry, but a matchup. So I'm going to go with Acosta and Assad. And then I put um, two midfielders on the bench um, as part of the Otteroo. I have Ibarra. Um, obviously, Colorado has been hot garbage. Um, Ibarra's been, I think, one of the biggest participants outside of Quintero. So I'm going to take a take a shot on him. And then I also have Fagundes. Um, I'm not super confident about that. He's kind of gotten some 45 minutes, but I'm like, well, I'll throw it out there and see what it has. Because I only have one scrub in my lineup. So to me, I don't mind taking kind of a, a wild card flyer on, on Fagundes there. So that, that's what I'm thinking as far as mids.
1: I was wondering if you were going to go with uh, Fagundes this round. It, it seemed like the kind of thing you'd go for. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: Blame don't it, know but- what that says about me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I was... I mean, I'm thinking along the same lines as Mike here. Um, I mean, it's really down to, do you want Benny Fellhaber or do you want Lee Wynn? Um, I, I get where Mike's coming from on this one, that Benny's probably got the higher ceiling. But I think a chunk of Benny's ceiling comes from absorbing pressure and playing that deeper role. And I don't think he's contributing quite as much offensively as consistently. And as L.A.S.C. is fighting for playoff position here, I mean, they just need to win two games and hope Sporting trips up, and they're in the second spot with the first round bye. I mean, they've got everything to play for, and I think this is kind of a really heavy attack, heavy punch. I mean, when you look at wins, they're tied with Sporting. When you look at goal differential, they're only three back from Sporting. Um, This is a chance where they could really rack up some goal differential. And I look at all out attack this week and Lee Wynn has to be involved in that. He's been getting the assist. He's been helping make the plays. Um, This is one of those that I think you kind of have to keep him on your radar. And I think he's got more value uh, than Benny this week, just given how I expect them to play. Uh, Maybe a long shot. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but if i'm lafc this week i'm like okay let's go get a 3-0 win against a depleted team let's try to cut through that goal differential sporting's off this or for this round let's see if we can close the gap here a little bit and put the pressure on sporting to go out and get a couple of performances and they've been slipping up a little bit lately so i mean lee wins my number one guy there um As far as DC, I think Acosta is a must own this week. I think he's got too much potential and you don't want to be missing out on him if he goes off and everybody else has him. I I just, I don't think you can pass on him. Um, Minnesota's playing Colorado. Mike, you've said, you said it before that it's just, you can't count on bad teams just to be bad and make other people have a good game. But Ibarra um, has been one of those second pieces behind Quintero And I just, I like the matchup. I think he's worth it at the price. Um, I've also got Fagundes in here right now. He's kind of that weak link. I'm kind of like, uh, can I get more points somewhere else? But it's 6.9 on a little bit tighter budget. And when I'm staring down three 12 million, million plus forwards, uh, Fagundes is a great fit for this week. I've got question on the bench right now. Um, don't know how I'm gonna work uh autoroo with him if I'm going to. It was more just a budgetary play just to see what I could do. So those are my five, and I'm going Lee Win over uh Benny this week. Yeah, I, I do tend to like Lee Wynn myself.
1: Uh I, I like some of that creativity he can he can give at times. But uh
2: Mike makes very good points
1: about that Fail Hobber discussion. Uh weigh in, everybody listening right now. Are you uh Team Benny or, or Team Lee? Team Wynn. I don't know. Either way. Team Lee. Team Lee and T-Benny. Go with that. All right. <laughs> Four words. Uh, not quite as many. Blaine, who are you looking at?
2: Um, Vela, Rooney, and Quintero? I mean, I don't know that you can get three better forwards on this one. Um, I like what you said about Diamande, but I still worry that he's going to get rotated. Um the way Houston likes to play, I could see blessing being one of those surprise starters this week, his speed and his dynamics on the ball could really open up how this team plays. Um, gives a lot of options for different lineups here. And I just, I'm not a hundred percent sold now. I know we'll see that lineup, but I don't know if I would be willing to drop Vela for, um, Diamande. And I think you really need Quintero Rooney might be the weak link here, but they're in the hunt for the playoffs at home. Um, and I, like Mike said, Dallas really only needs three points over the next two games to lock up that first spot. Um, I think, I think DC is going to score at least two, and I think Rooney's going to be involved if, in one, if not both. So I can't really pass on him.
0: Mike. Um, I'm gonna agree with uh, Blaine on the Valley versus Diamande. Um I mean, even just looking at um Diamande's last three games, um, he started all three of them, but in two of the three, um, he was subbed out um before seventy minutes and he only got two uh points there. Um I mean he even subbed out um against Colorado at the seventy fourth minute. Now I mean he had four goals and excuse me he had he had two goals by that point. Um but to me, you know, just seeing the starting lineup um, I'm not going to put Diamande in unless I see that Vela is out. Um, Vela is much more consistent, you know. whereas Diamande is throwing up twos. Vela is playing pretty much 90 minutes um, every game. Um, I think the only time he didn't was when he went 81 minutes against um, San Jose, and he got 13 points in that game. Um, Bell is much more likely to get four at least four points. Um, but he's averaging honestly more like six or seven. Um, so I mean, he's one of the most consistent um forwards we have in the game. Um, we know how bad Houston's defense can be. Um, and it's going to be a depleted defense for this uh coming game. LAFC's at home. Uh, I really expect a lot of big things from Bella. Um, I'll, I'll kind of for, uh, second what Blaine said as far as Quintero. I mean, Colorado has been run off the field most games, and then they won't have Kellen Costa, So I think you pretty much have to have Quintero. Uh, and then I'm going to go with Rooney. Um, I mean, I think your only other options in Rooney would be someone from New England, but I, I think we all know by at this point they're not really that all consistent. Um, I mean, maybe you can take a flyer if you're, like, really low down and try to shoot him for a differential. I, I can see that being a fun play. And, heck, maybe I'll do it because you know we're kind of at the end of the season maybe i'll just do something crazy but as far as like plug picks you got 10 points last round yeah i mean rudy has been so consistent uh, and dallas is missing a bunch of defenders um and i don't really know who from the revs off the top of my head i'd really want to go with uh, I mean, but other if he starts yeah i mean, I mean there's so many of start. those if he starts qualifiers with the red the revs um but i mean honestly i think what what i was going to say is maybe your better shot would be someone like a Rudy, go someone on the road and just kinda, you know, shoot your shot and see see what happens. But I mean, I think Rooney is probably the better play. He's been so consistent. Such I mean, he's clearly gonna win newcomer of the year. Um, I I, I think he's clearly the favorite for that third spot. Um, and I think with the weakness of the midfielders that we have this week, I, I think this as rarely as I say this, I think this is a three starting midfielder, uh, starting forward week, excuse me. No.
1: I still, Mike,
2: wish they were DC United
1: pajamas.
2: Mike, I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta call you out on one. You say Rooney's, Rooney's clearly gonna win newcomer of the year. You uh. forgot Zlatan is in this league. Um, I I have I agree with you a hundred percent. Rooney deserves newcomer of the year. Everybody listening, if the fans get a vote, I mean it should be Rooney. What he's done to turn this team around is nothing short of spectacular. But. Zlatan is the number one headliner in this league at the moment, as far as marketing goes. He's going to win newcomer of the year, even if he doesn't deserve it.
1: So, everything you just said about Rooney, though, you could say for, for Zlatan as well about what he has done to carry that team forward to where they are this year. So, I I, I don't think that there's there's much of an argument there that's really holding, because they they've both done lots of great things. To bring their team forward i would almost say zlatan's done more because dc's had better pieces around uh rooney and la's had to deal with so many injuries so many times with legit and and Alessandrini and giovanni dos santos and so had to deal with all that i i would say zlatan probably
2: should get it but ola kamara giovanni dos santos jonathan dos santos i mean Alessandrini. yes he's been hurt i mean Look at those names we're dropping. I mean, how many are... times have
1: those how many times have those players helped contribute as much as people like Assad or Ariola or Acosta or even Steiber has done around Rooney?
0: But see, that's oh, no. the difference. I mean, DC United when the, we, I mean they had a whole half of the year and they were awful. I mean, and a part of that is on you know them being on the road, but I mean, look, this is an MLS award and. DC with Rooney has been winning. Yes, Latan's been scoring goals, but he hasn't often been winning. I mean, it's been sort of sometimes you have ugly draws uh, and stuff like that. And I I know Blaine hates L- LA Galaxy as a good sporting Kansas City fan. But I mean I think Rooney's just one more. I mean he's I mean Lucho Acosta was not oh, on our home games. Well, do you think the MLS media cares about that? They don't look about that. They're like, oh, people are falling. I, I don't understand well,
1: they why not, they're not they we all these. Road games. It, but, I mean, yeah. I think that factors in from our point of view where we just talked about how we know that home but, games have an advantage.
2: But, I, and I mean, piggyback off of Mike here, Acosta was kind of on our radar for fantasy. But when Rooney came around, Acosta became one of the best players in fantasy to own through this stretch of games. I mean, who in... Who in LA besides Laton has even made your roster in the last eight weeks? Alessandrini a couple of times when there haven't been other good matchups. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I can't remember a time this season when I've looked to go more than two deep in LA because it's, it's the Laton show. It's him. Uh, Rooney that's, has made his. That's entire, why he and that's, that's why
1: he comes over top of Rooney for me because and, it is just
2: him. That's why he wins, but I don't think he deserves it. Rooney has made his entire team better. He's done the selfless things. Hell, I'll go as far as to say that um, open net tackle that he made to save the game and then give the assist up, hands down puts him as the better newcomer than Zlatan. I mean, that effort, that hustle he has brought
1: to a team. That's a great hustle, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, that effort that he brought to that team, that spark he's given has elevated this team from being the worst te- one of the worst teams in MLS. I don't think I could put them behind Colorado and San Jose this year, but definitely bottom three to start the season to a playoff contender that once they lock up that playoff spot, um, I think they can win MLS Cup if they can get into the playoffs and finish this off. Not saying they will, but I think they've got the talent and they're playing together. I think they can win MLS Cup. It, if Laton manages to get L.A. to the playoffs, you're looking at maybe a first-round win, and they're going home. All right. Well, there was an
1: interesting little impromptu Newcomer of the Year award that wasn't, was not planned in our rundown right here, so <laughs> fun times there. Uh, let's move on. Uh, who are you guys eyeing for your captain choice or choices after uh, all these games? Blaine.
0: Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, Mike, go ahead, you go, Mike. Mike. You were starting. Whoever. whoever. <laughs> uh, I was going to say Vela.
2: Blaine, you agree? Anybody else in I, the mix? I haven't given Lily the option to pick this one, so I will update everybody with who she picks. Um, My gut says go – or this, my head says go with Vela. He's the smart pick. Uh, my gut says go with Quintero. I think you're looking at a two-goal game here from him, and I don't know that I would – I feel that strongly about anybody else. So I'm going to let Lily pick that one for me a little bit later in the, in the week, but I'm leaning towards Quintero right now. Mm, Interesting.
1: Thanks a lot guys for going over your thoughts about uh, the positions for this round. Uh, Everyone let us know what you thought of this. This was our first experiment with this format. We'll see about doing it next week with a few more games and, and see how that works with, with the larger, larger pool. But yeah, give us your feedback, see how you like this compared to, the, uh, the other segments. Uh, moving into the last part of our show, talking about community time. Uh, it was a great round, at least for me, uh, with uh, the MLS Hosts Invitational League. I had a very narrow win over Jason, uh, 86 to 84, I believe was that uh, score right there. And uh, that puts me in a solid fourth place right there. Ah, uh, Ben beat Andrew Weeby 59 to 56, but only by three points right there. So that was uh, that could have been embarrassing for Ben, but he moved up into our eighth Aww. spot. So he will be in the playoffs with us. So uh, Ben Bear is in our host Invitational League playoffs. So that should be uh, a lot of fun. A lot of close games that we had uh, this week. Uh, however, the top score. Goes to Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football 24-7, 98 points. Uh, He beat Santa Fe Calientes 98-57, to so big, big scores right there. Uh, Also give a shout-out to Older Goaler, who got 91, and Blaine, as we already mentioned, got 96. So you were the three guys in the 90-point club, but Ivan just inched you out, Blaine, this week. Sorry about that.
2: Yeah, I I was going into that last game and I saw it and I had, I think about a five or six point lead on everybody else. And I was like, wow, I'm going to end the week with top score. And I woke up this morning and there was Ivan's 98.
1: So Blaine, you did not inch into our playoffs, but Mike, you are in the playoffs. So that's very exciting. Uh, We're going to have as our first, so in in our league, we have three playoff rounds to wrap everything up. So in our quarter fall finals around, we have uh, Phil going up against Ben Bear. We have Older Goaler going up against Tim from Soccer Captains. We have Matt going up against Mike right there. And then I am going up against Kyle, uh, who was writing the XG, XG articles for us over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. So uh, that's that's a great group. Uh, this is going to be a fun, a fun final round to, to wrap everything up for the fall.
0: Yeah, this is going to be such a tough round because everyone's going to have similar stuff. So it's it's gonna be crazy. We're gonna see a lot of tight games this week. Uh, it, yeah. it should be fun.
2: Yeah, I want to point out one thing here, because I'm in the ninth spot and we've got um, MLS fantasy stats in the tenth spot. We are there are five players from six to ten all in the six zero oh, and four. I mean the league had a lot of parity, and then um, Ben got it, got in there at the last minute, last second on. <laughs> point differential with plus 119 right. I was right there with plus 104 and then uh, fantasy stats had plus 52 but I want to say this uh fantasy stats outscored both Ben and I and is more deserving of this spot um I only faced 955 points against this week this year this season Ben faced 8 883 I mean he's 70 points down on me and he's about 130 140 points down on MLS fantasy stats. I, I, I mean, I don't want to say there's anything shady going on behind the scenes, but point differential putting Ben in the playoffs. I mean, that just, uh, no. <laughs> Illusion. <laughs> <Collusion. laughs> now, congrats, Ben, you, you made the most of the opportunities you had, and I really do feel bad for MLS fantasy stats on this one with his. He beat me out by 10 points overall on the points four, and he just had a tough series of games. I think he's got third highest points against of any player, maybe fourth highest in the league. I mean he just faced a grueling head- to head season this year, this time around.
1: All right, Blaine, take well, off your 10 throw ahead and give us some plugs. Oh Mike go ahead. Oh,
0: I was just going to say that I don't feel bad for any of you I, I I deserve to be ahead of all of you, and I'm just glad to have beaten you out.. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's all we have for the show tonight.
1: Let's do some plugs before this just goes any further south than it already is. Bling.
2: I've been away so long. Just thanks for the community for always being there and ready for us to come back. I mean, it's been been a hard month with Lily being sick, but I, I try to come back. I really enjoy this community, and I like being able to give back. So just keep being this good community that you are, everybody. Mike?
0: Uh, I'm gonna shout out Drew Brees for making ah. another memory last night. It was awesome. Who dat? Go Saints!
1: And of course, for me, you can check out everything that I have posting over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Especially now, since this weird Monday game is over, we'll work on getting the charts and and captain picks and other articles out there before the end of the week. Uh, also, head over to MLS soccer.com to check out my weekly article with player picks also Skylar's article with player rankings Uh, i think those are two pretty excellent tools that you can use then of course finally go to mlsfantasyboss.com and r slash fantasy mls on reddit to interact with two of the best fantasy communities that i have the privilege of being part of you can post all sorts of articles and get tips and feedback for your teams over at reddit and then at mlsfantasyboss.com like i mentioned our articles We also have Discord chat over on the right side of the screen. It's free. You can talk with some of the best fantasy minds in the game uh, and these guys in their chat community, uh, head-to-head league that they have, one of the most competitive leagues in all the fantasy games. So these guys know what they're talking about. It's free. Get in there. Pick their brains. They love to help, and that's what's so great about these two communities is it's people who love to help others enjoy the game. Uh, So hope everyone has fun with this round. It's a short round. Don't forget things start on uh, Friday. So good luck.